All right. We are pumped to be back. My name is Chad Hassan. I am joined by a good friend, Jason Porter. Uh, Jason uh, sponsors the show, as you can see here, but he's also a big time Flames fan, longtime supporter, good friend of the show, good friend of mine. And uh, Jason, looking forward to uh, looking forward to catching up with you this episode and uh, talking to uh, we'll be talking to Brendan. We've got some other guests lined up. We've got the, the guys from Victory Blazer Podcast, two guys that cover UAB to the next level. So we'll find out what UAB is all about. Uh, we'll be joined by my good friend uh, and uh, creator, founder, all things, the Sea of Red, John Manson. If I haven't said this already, uh, we will be going live with 55 to catch up with him, see how his trip down to Mississippi was and uh, what they got in store this week. And then also we got the Liberty Line. So uh, Richie Longshots has been one of my favorite segments so far. I will pre I will preface and say I have not previewed his content this week. I am scared out of my mind. I am hoping <laughs> he didn't say anything that, that would uh, – you know that that would uh, damage the reputation of this well thought of and uh, highly regarded podcast. So, uh, throw that disclaimer out there, uh, Jason. Um, so we're one to know. First game was away. Talk to me. You've been around Liberty for a long time. Talk to me about this first home game feelings at, at Williams Stadium. It feels like to me. Doesn't matter who we're playing. If it's that first weekend, we are always just. It, the, the the stadium is just electric. The atmosphere is electric. Talk to us about that, and then also uh, the, what we have planned for everybody uh, this coming Saturday. Yeah, hey Chad, good to see you guys and uh, see everybody and see you red tonight. Uh, awesome to be on once again. Uh, to your point, I think the first game uh, electricity in in Williams Stadium is is unparalleled and unmatched. It's been incredible to watch the transformation that's gone on through the years. I know certainly back to your student days, Chad, but uh, I go back to the early early 2000s even uh, with Liberty football when there were no upper decks or anything like that and uh, visitor locker rooms and all those other good things. But it should be an incredible environment. Once again, uh, the, the athletic department has done such an incredible job of getting the word out, getting the be early, be loud, wear red uh, mantra out. Campus is always glowing uh, red hot on, on Fridays, which is really cool if you're on campus. Again, be uh, wear red on Fridays. And uh, that whole lower bowl, the student section is full from literally end zone to end zone, which is just so cool and a great home field advantage. And I think the opposing teams that haven't been here before are always in shock and awe, which is pretty cool to kind of see them come in. And after games, when I got a chance to visit with colleagues on the on the field back in the day, they all, always kind of looked around the stadium and, and just said, man, I had no idea that it was going to be like this. It's a great home field advantage for sure. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be uh, so much fun. We do have the Sea of Red and Jason Porter pod. I mean, Jason Porter real estate um, tailgate coming up uh, Saturday. So you guys stop by. We'll have athletes there. Kyle Rhodes committed to be there. Several others uh, just kind of getting together, meeting up with everybody. We'll have some snacks, some drinks, uh, a little bit of food. So stop by. We'll be in tailgate town. Just come look for us. Well, you'll be seeing more posts about that later as we go on. But looking forward to tailgating. I don't know what the weather's going to look like, but we will be there rain or shine. We've got a little tent. So should be a lot of fun. Tailgate town. Come say hello. And uh, and uh, love to love to meet some of you guys. I had a blast doing that last year. All right. Without further ado, let's bring in uh, let's bring in our guy here at, and uh, let's talk about recap uh, our ga the game with uh, with Brendan. So uh, here we go. Brendan, what's up, man? How we doing? 
Hey, I see you got some new uh, swags, a new hat on. That is nice. Is that oh, the yeah. same one as last year? Or is that new? Looks fresh. Uh, I got some new mail from uh, from Greg, so I'm supporting that. Awesome. Uh, so go ahead and tell us about uh, Greg Rogers and what they do, and uh, and them supporting the podcast. Yeah, so Greg Rogers, a friend of uh, Chad, Liberty alumni, um, <laughs> owns and operates a company named uh, RT Rogers, located in West Virginia, uh, established in 1971. And uh, they keep thousands of commercial and industrial customers on the move every day. And regardless of your fueling needs or location, they bring quality service, exceptional fuel, and leading expertise right to you. So um, if you need fuel, hit them up. They deliver some crazy places is what I've been told. So uh, always reliable, good friend, Greg Rogers. Hey, that's good stuff, and uh, you nailed that. Uh, wanted to basically just say, um, you know, Greg has been been with the podcast for a while, good friend of mine, and uh, he is looking forward to the Gardner Webb game. Is the one he has circled. He's coming up, and uh, he he can't wait to come up to the game and and meet you, Brennan, again. And uh, so thanks for doing that. All right, Mississippi. First of all, uh, just it like I could see the humidity on my TV. Was it just nasty down there, weather wise? It was humid as heck. Um, yeah, it was very wet, a lot of sweat, just gross game. Not Brendan, much- I'm kind of – go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you, my my sports med days, man, that's not always what I go back to thinking about you guys in the trenches and, and uh, especially all, man, as the old line. But what, uh, what was Coach Freeze's uh, mentality like after a game like that going into five overtimes? So was it pretty much business as usual on Sunday and yesterday, kind of suck it up, or, hey, long extended game, we need to uh, adjust the schedule just a little bit? Yeah, we actually adjusted the schedule on Monday. Normally we come in and we uh... – we left at like eight in the morning, meet at seven, but we got back. I don't think, I think the person that went on the team the earliest on, well, it was Sunday night. We fly back after the game was 4 a.m. So we didn't get much sleep. So they did a great job adjusting the schedule, letting us rest and recover. A lot of us played a lot of snaps. Um, I know for me personally, I played the most I've ever played in my career in that game. So um, just getting that rest was big and they did a great job. And then we got a rest that we needed. We're ready to, you know, reload for this week so one last question about southern miss for me it's felt like just a slug fest out there um you know i always i ask you this last year a lot and uh, you know i don't know how how the the new coach is doing things but just very general speak uh how well did your unit play and how well did you play and and you know i'm sure you have things you can improve on and there's always next week and all that kind of thing just just summarize how you guys played as an offensive line where 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 are we at i thought we showed a lot of grit as a group um graded out decent but we all got things we can work on first game is the first game there's stuff you can practice or talk about and until you see it live and you're against somebody else it's kind of different so um definitely some corrections to make but the grit that our group showed um was incredible. Nobody really flinched. And when you got, you know, three, four new guys in the mix, it could very easily crumble in a time like that. But none of those guys wavered. We kept to the plan. And uh, by the fourth quarter, we warmed down. And that's when we came in and won the game. So, well, we won it in overtime, but <laughs> made our comeback uh, in the fourth quarter. So we just stayed the course. And we got a lot of things to fix, but uh, very promising. And as far as being in shape, our unit was in great shape how we practice so i know i 
talked about that last week, but that was good to see that pay off. But yeah, we have, we have corrections to make and uh, going into week two to or week one to week two, our coach said that's when the great teams make their, you know, the greatest adjustments and their greatest strides. So we have a uh, few things each personally to work on these next couple of days of practice and hopefully fine tune them for Saturday. Brendan, lots of stats that are always floating around post game. What are the stats that you like to uh, focus in on that kind of tell the story for you and for the for the team room for you guys as O line? What do y'all like to focus in on? Uh, first and foremost, did we win the game? And second, I would say uh, yards per carry is big. I know we had over five yards per carry, so that's always awesome to have. We had a lot of QB draws in there, so you can say that was a big part of it. But Shedro and Dayday both averaged over four yards a carry, so. Um, as far as that, that was a good stat, but we're always aiming higher. Um, and then, of course, sacks given up. So I think there was two total, one on the offensive line. So um, got to clean that up. It was definitely avoidable, but definitely improved at the same time. Awesome, man. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, I kind of noticed some something you had said earlier about the most plays you've ever played in your career. I did notice that, that there felt like you guys were in, in great shape, but at the same time you were – uh maybe not subbing as much is that kind of by design or or is i just seeing things or is that kind of uh how things are going uh felt like you were out there a lot yeah we didn't rotate as much as we uh have in the past i think with the amount of plays that we had that uh this next coming weeks that we probably will have a little bit more rotation um we got a lot of talent in the room there's a lot of guys that didn't play a lot on saturday that can do just as good of a job so I think going forward after this game that we'll definitely have uh, probably some more rotations. I know Coach Freeze mentioned it in the press conference. So there'll be a lot of guys you'll get to see out there that'll be doing great and they've worked their butts off for this opportunity. Awesome. One more, Jason. Go for it. Yeah, just kind of curious, uh, Brennan, I think the, uh, the the four overtime, man, that's just an absolute grind to the highest level. But uh, I think the thing that can't be understated here in this, too, is just what it does for you guys mentally, right, uh, coming out on the right side of that. And uh, there were some crazy games this, uh, this first weekend of college football, but it was awesome to see us come out on the top side of a four overtime game. But uh, tell us a little bit about what that just does mindset wise, setting you guys up uh, and just to tee it up like that and, and get ready to roll after a, after winning a battle like four overtimes. Yeah. Uh, I think our execution was poor at times, especially offensively, but you win a four overtime game. Um that goes the distance like that, you're down, you come back, you're down, you come back, you know, adversity hits and you still find a way. So what that tells me is when our execution isn't great and our discipline isn't great, um, we still found a way. So that means when our execution is better and our discipline is better, we have the grit and the culture to grind out some big time wins down the road. So you look at Arkansas, Wake Forest, any of our opponents, they're not easy pushovers. Um, we're going to need that again. And we know we have it. So, we're not going to, you know, flinch. We're going to keep going. So um, it's a big confidence booster to be able to pull that off. And it's a lot of momentum. You're winning every single game. You know you got a shot regardless of how you play because your team has great, your team has culture. So I think it's a great momentum booster. And I know for me it just makes every game feel like you're never out of it. Awesome. Listen, uh, Brendan, much appreciated, man. Uh Good luck this weekend, Saturday, uh, first home game at Williams Stadium. 
the seats look amazing. The berm looks amazing. Those cabanas look great. I know the energy that I'm experiencing as a fan. I'm expecting a great crowd there on Saturday night with the with the students. Uh, so have fun, man. It's it's a it's a it's a unique experience and uh, one you know one that uh, one that I know that you guys are excited about. So good luck this Saturday and uh, hope you guys uh, pull out a victory. But we will be there cheering you on. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you both. Yep, and Hello, Jason. Brother. Jason, I wanted to wanted to send you off as well. Wanted to just say we'll see you Saturday. Um, thanks for all you're doing for the show, man, and all you're doing for a sea of red and Liberty Flames Athletics. You're absolutely uh, killing it. And uh, you know, a lot of folks have mentioned to me, um, you know, real estate needs and things like that. And so I, I'm, you know, can't, couldn't be happier with how this is going. And uh, looking forward to meet to meeting you again on Saturday. And I uh, hope hope we can see a lot of people come out and show up for that. So thank you again, Jason. Can't wait. It's going to be a good time. Thanks so much, Jeff. All right. Hey, let's roll that. Hey, for, before we play this this Jason Porter advertisement, I am going to let everybody know he did this in one take. You watch this. This is brilliant. Here we go, Jason. Well, hey, everybody. My name is Jason Porter. I'm with Legacy Realty and Development, and it's been a, a great partnership here with Sea of Red lately. Uh, I was with Liberty Athletics as the Associate Athletic Director for Sports Medicine, so took care of all of the uh, healthcare needs and coordinated that with a fantastic staff at Liberty um, in the athletic department, of course, for about uh, five or six years, and then uh, moved into real estate full-time and uh, with Legacy Realty and Development. And uh, it's just been a great pleasure to continue to stay connected with my Liberty University uh, family and the athletics family as well. I've been enjoying serving them. Uh, a lot of the um, graduate assistants and some of the staff that I hired has come back now and has uh, been using me for residential services, which I really appreciate. But certainly do residential real estate as far as buying and selling of homes, of course. And then also uh, we have a strong commercial presence as well. So commercial real estate, um, obviously a very, very different animal than is residential. But uh, whether it's buying and selling commercial uh, properties or uh, just the leasing of properties, we can help with that as well. So it's uh, been a great uh, opportunity to service our commercial clients as well. And then certainly on the investment front, too, a number of um, folks who have discovered the power of passive income through real estate and investing in real estate with rental properties or fix and flips, those kind of things. And so great joy to, um, to serve my clients in that capacity as well. The uh, other thing that I would add too is just a very, very full Rolodex at this point of contractors and subs and just different professional contacts that I've made through the years. So if I can ever provide any of those folks to you and all of a sudden you need a plumber or an electrician or a contractor to build your deck, whatever, I'd certainly be glad to give you access to that Rolodex and those references as well. Because a lot of times it's not exactly who you know, it's uh, who you know that knows how to do the job well. And so I would be glad to provide those services for you as well. So love Flames Nation, love taking care of um, my Liberty uh, family. And if there's ever anything I can do for you, my contact information is all right here on the screen. And I would love to be uh, a service to you and yours. Thanks so much. Man, that gets me pumped up. Uh, Jason is such a stud. Also, I got to find out who does his uh, professional photography. Hey, give me some of those headshots. Those are looking good. Joined now by our uh, my good friend, founder, creator, all things a Sea of Red. Uh, what do we add to the title this year? Boss Man, maybe? Was that what it was? John, man, it's good to see you. Uh, glad to have you back here. And uh, just wanted to, before we go any further, just say thank you. 
uh, 10 years at Sea of Red. You guys have been uh, been here from the beginning. Thank you so much for uh, all you do to cover the teams. I know you sacrificed a lot of time, energy, drove all the way down to Southern Miss and back this weekend just to cover the team, and uh, you plan on doing that so much. So before we get any further, congratulations on 10 years. Also, uh, just wanted to say thank you, man. I know that um, seeing a lot of the comments and, and things, people really appreciate your coverage, and you've taken this to a new level. And honestly, the athletic department, from what we hear all the time, is the athletic department uh, – loves a sea of red and really supports what you're doing and uh and and it benefits them really uh, uh, to have somebody covering makes more super fans you know you have that casual fan and then you got the guys who read a sea of red are super fans and uh so that was a long-winded uh hey uh please give me a raise i'm just kidding <laughs> thank you very much man and i uh, appreciate all you're doing thank you chad appreciate that and uh it, i mean it's obviously i mean this goes without saying but it's uh obviously not just me it's been a whole host of people, you know, yourself included and several others that have, uh, you know, helped out over the past 10 years and continue to help. And I can't start to uh, single them all out because I'll, I'll be talking a long time. It's been a whole village that have helped see uh, Red get to where we're at now. And, and it's a lot of fun. We do yeah. it for uh, for the engagement. And, and uh, you know, I've said this before, but I'll say it again is, you know, it's just, it started, it was just my, outpouring of the passion that I have for Liberty athletics is the whole reason why I started it. And, and then kind of the vision for it is just to help uh, grow the fan base and, and, you know, to take those, you know, students and casual fans and make them more uh, passionate fans. And, and that's kind of, uh, you know, been the goal all along. And I think we're doing a great job, but a lot of work ahead too. Yep. <clears throat> One thing that Sea of Red's doing that we've been doing for about the past year, but it's just now getting off the, the ground. So as you heard me say that Sea uh, of Red is celebrating 10-year anniversary, so we have a 10-year uh, T-shirt sale. Honestly, we're doing a little clearance sale to get rid of some of the inventory we have and kind of uh, we have 10% off all of NIL shirts. So I'll show you one an example of one we have. This is a replica of the cream basketball jersey. Uh, it is the exact replica of what is on the jersey. This is a Peebles jersey. Uh, it's got the little sparky up there. It's got the exact font and num numeric as the actual cream jersey. Really cool. So this one's actually 10% uh, off because this is an NIL. What NIL means is every one of these that sells, Brody gets paid for his name, image, and likeness. That's what NIL stands for. So we use the number one. Let me get an example of a non-NIL shirt. So these are actually $10 off. To celebrate the 10-year anniversary, $10 off. So I think they're somewhere around $16, $15, something like that on the website. Um, here is the, uh, the We Got Dude shirt. This is in indigo color. So the one I have on is navy. Uh, you can see the, the different shade of blue here. But we got an indigo color. These are about to go up on the site. They haven't yet. These are going to be only $15, $16. Bucks. We Got Dudes. Uh, if you follow the baseball program, you know what that's all about. Let's see. We got two others here that I'll show. I got a whole host, and and John will have them all up on the. Uh, first of all, the one I'm wearing, the Liberty Football one. The one John's wearing is it's a me, Demario. I love that shirt. Um, but here is the new Demario Douglas shirt. This is an NIL shirt. It is an exact replica of the red jersey. So you can see there, it's got the three and the Liberty logo on front. We're officially licensed to use Liberty logos. And then on the back, it's got Douglas and the three in the exact font. You can see that the uh, September sale logo is up there. It's got the uh, the last one I'll show you here. Um, There's all September long. And the last one here is this 
Caden Salter. My goodness, these things are going to fly off the shelf. What an explosive athlete. What a performance. Uh, that was incredible. But you can get – it's got the exact exact uh, exact Liberty 7 here. If you're just wearing this from the front, you kind of look like Malik, and then you turn around from the back, and you got the Salter uh, looking good there. So uh, all of these shirts are on sale and in September to celebrate the – uh, 10-year anniversary. We're going to have a big sale on those. And, uh, we'll, you know, we put out a little bit about today. The Indigo shirts are the only ones that aren't up online yet. And the good news about all these shirts is they'll all ship immediately. All the shirts that you've ordered so far, they have shipped. Everything's shipped out. So we're excited about that. You know, T-shirts, I'm not sure uh, what industry you guys are in, but supply chain and shortages is is real everywhere. And so it's taking us a while to ship these things out. But um, we're having a fun time doing it. We've got some more planned. But uh, for the month of September, go to the site. You can see it there, seaofred.com. I think you'll click on online store or something like that is the tab name. All right. That was the T-shirt commercial. Um, I have I want to I want to uh, get over to a couple of comments r- real quick. First of all, uh, Randy, uh, Randy says, what reputation, smiley face? I guess he was talking about when uh, uh Richie long shots might ruin our reputation because, John, I sent it to you like last minute, but I did not preview his his Liberty line. So I'm not taking any ownership if he says anything that 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 a sea of red like we he signed the non-disclosure agreement. Uh, the second comment here is uh, again from Randy. He says, Chad loves him some Manson. Oh, yes, I do uh, for sure about that. Uh, Travis Allen says, can't wait for Saturday. Travis, me either, dude. I am so pumped. Camping this year is something we're doing different. Uh, me and the family are coming up to Paradise Lake and camping all weekend. Uh, <clears throat> and then, Paul, thanks for the comment here, Paul. Honestly, you are such an asset to the entire athletics department and have played a part in getting the fan base to where we are today. I appreciate that, Paul. And, uh, you know, it's the engagement of folks like yourself standing up, wearing jerseys. I mean, Paul... Uh, you, you make it happen on game days, and you are uh, – Paul, when I first started the podcast, I'm going to say eight seasons ago. John's probably going to disagree, but eight seasons ago, whenever I uh, started the podcast, Paul was the first one commenting every time I tweeted out, can't wait for the podcast, really glad you guys released this. Good stuff, Chad. And it was so encouraging to me to keep going to do this. You know, it's 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 something we do as a hobby. So, Paul, thank you for always being encouraging in your kind words. And then last one, Jeremiah Flincham, he says, can't wait to see you guys this weekend. Jerry, looking forward to it, man. Uh, please, J- Jerry said he's going to bring some Kool-Aid, some actual Kool-Aid to the tailgate. Looking forward to that. So, wow, that was a lot of comments. BJ Williams, haven't seen your name in a while. He says, hey, Mr. Porter, Mr. Porter's gone. Uh, but uh, BJ been around for a long time. Uh, John, correct me if I'm wrong. Is Randy Sly Fox on, on the old message board? So yeah. he, he was he was integral, I believe, in starting some of that uh, flamesfans.com. So uh, Randy yeah. glad. Yeah, he was glad in charge of the message boards and kind of the admin moderator, whatever you want to call it, and uh, still very active there. So uh, uh, Flame fans is, well, I guess it goes back even before that. To, I don't know how many people listening were around back in those days. Back when I was in college, it was Liberty Pro Boards or something like that. He was back on. Uh, helping run that and lead that ship and then uh, transitioned it over to Flame Fans, which saw a lot of growth. And, uh, you know, now the uh, message board is under the Cedar Red moniker as well, too. So, uh, yeah, that, that's who Randy is. Awesome. Uh, so I did mention this shirt. I wanted to show that it has the light blue in there, which which I saw a freeze 
family member call this powder blue. So I'm not sure if that's what we're officially going to call Like it's freeze blue. Is it light blue? Is it baby blue? I heard the official word was powder blue this weekend. So that's what I'm going with until somebody wants to correct, correct the freezes and say that it's not powder blue. Well, that's what we're going to go with. All right, John, that was a lot, man. All right. I'm so glad this is why we don't have you in the middle of the show because it, like the schedule just goes on to heck because I just start rambling. All right. Throw up that graphic from the Southern Miss game and let's recap. John, you were down there. Uh, you've written a lot about this game, but uh, just talk about one. Obviously, we just got to go ahead and talk about the what was the difference when Caden took over. And secondly, uh w- was it the defense just being opportunistic or was it UAB? I mean, uh, Southern Miss just turning the ball over. What happened? How do we get that many turnovers? Well, the turnover part, it, it was some of both. I mean, if you go back and look at it, and I, I went back and rewatched the game some uh, on Monday when I got back home, but um, uh, Darrell Johnson made an incredible play. There's a photo we got up in our photo gallery that went up on Monday or Tuesday. Um, my, my week's messed up with Labor Day holiday, but – um, yeah, the uh, play he made and, and he was kind of reading the quarterback's eyes and kind of taking a step back and, and watching him and seeing what he does. And then, you know, that's where he's able to make a really athletic play that most defensive ends cannot make. And, and he uh, t- tipped the ball and, and kind of knocked it up in the air and, and was able to come up underneath of it. Uh, Kobe Singleton, who's, you know, first game playing for Liberty from Southern Utah transfer at corner. Uh, he made a great play on that ball. It was a deep pass down the right sideline, and he was, you know, step for step with the uh, receiver. And then as the receiver turned and looked for the ball, so did Kobe, and he was just able to to make a great play on the ball and haul, hauled it in and just took it away from the, the receiver. Um, uh, Javon Scruggs had another one where he punched the ball out and, you know, was able to strip the, the uh, ball carrier and, and fell on that and, um, I mean, you know, Mike Smith made it a great play where he kind of jumped in front of the, 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 the pass for an interception. And I mean, it was just, and that's something that the defense, you know, defensive coordinators, uh, both Jack Curtis and Josh Aldridge are talking about throughout camp. Every defensive player we talked to during camp was talking about, you know, tips and overthrows. We've got to get those. I was out of practice this morning and, you know, as the defense was stretching, they're out there, you know, chanting tips and overthrows, got to get those, you know, just nonstop. So that's obviously something that's, you know, been on the front of their mind and that's something they, they're focusing on and uh, paid off big ways Saturday night. Uh, of course, you know, you're not going to get five turnovers every game. That's, that's just not going to happen, but, uh, it, it was a pleasant surprise, but um, man, I, I hope we get to talk about Caden Salter some more because I love me some Caden Salter right now. And and you, you know, you asked the question about what was different. I don't know what it was, but one thing that was very evident, you know, as I was sitting in the press box down there in Hattiesburg, is the offense just seemed, you know, nothing against Jonathan Bennett. I don't mean this as an indictment on him. It just from my perspective, it just seemed dead, especially late in the third quarter, early fourth quarter. Just there, there was no energy, there was no juice. They were just kind of going through the motions. Uh, and then Caden came in, and that first play—if you remember the first play he had, which was this was right after that pick six at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Liberty fell behind seventeen to ten, and all the momentum's with Southern Miss. Liberty hasn't moved the ball the entire third quarter. There was no continuity on offense, no flow, no rhythm. It was just not going things were not going well 
and uh, Caden Salter comes in fresh off the bench, third string, which I don't think that's getting enough play. I've tried to bring it up every time I've talked about it, but this guy was third string. Like he wasn't getting any reps during practice. Um, you know, those were all going to Charlie Brewer and then JB was getting some as a backup. And, you know, it's his first time playing in a college game. He's getting thrown in in the fourth quarter with very little time because it's not like there was a whole uh, series for Southern Miss. It was a pick six. So I'm sure Freeze went over to him at some point in time after the touchdown and maybe during an extra point or the kickoff and say, hey, you're up. You know, you don't have time to think about it. Just go get in there. Get your helmet. Let's get in the game. And uh, what what he did was just, I mean, it's stuff of legend. I mean, I'm trying not to put too much on it, but it just is. I mean, he immediately comes in and, and kind of going back to what I was saying is that first pass play, a deep pass play down the sideline to Noah Frith, who was unable to haul it in, but it was a great pass. And right when that happened, Damian Sorrelet from the News in Advance was sitting next to me up in the press box. I turned to Damian. I said, well, that's the quarterback right there. He's the quarterback. I mean, it was apparent, even on an incomplete pass. And then, of course, you know, we, we all know what happened. He drove down and led the team to, to a touchdown, did it again with less than two minutes to go to tie it up and send it into overtime and, and ultimately pulled the game out. But uh, there was just so much more energy, much more, um, you know, juice, I guess, is a good way to say it, when Salter was in the, the game. And I, I don't know if the, the team just, you know, needed that spark, but uh, he was there to provide it and he answered and – you know, it's going to be interesting to see how things play out going forward, but uh, we certainly saw the potential that he has. So here's the two things I noticed that were different. One was there was a free rusher coming off the end, and he just, like, I thought, we're dead, you know, or this play's dead. And he just, like, sidestepped the guy and made a great play. I think he ended up running for, like, 15 yards that time. That was one thing that was different was the play was never over, even if it was busted coverage, right? And we saw busted coverage where Bennett was just taking sacks. You know, the the runs he had were more like draws. Uh, we're talking busted coverage and Salter still making a play. That was different. The second thing I saw was different was when he was running, there was still he was always looking downfield. And he even said that in his postgame. That was evident. Like when, when Bennett tucked it to run, you're like, OK, he's going to run for 11 yards. When Salter started running, you're like, he's still looking down. He's still got the ball up here, cocked and ready to go. And he even the the pass he made to Jerome Jackson for the touchdown, I thought he was going to run for 12 yards and step out of bounds. That's how the play was developing. In my, as I was watching, I was like, okay, hurry up and just get out of bounds so we can run another play or something like that. And he was just looking downfield. Those two things, to be able to escape the, the busted coverage and to, to constantly be a threat as you're running, uh, those are the two big difference makers, I think, what I and what I saw in the way the offense. And those are just, in college football, uh, you know, you don't get away with that in the NFL as much. But in college football, I mean, we've seen it for the last couple of years with Malik. You have to have somebody like that that can just extend plays and, and go with the busted coverage and, and that kind of thing. So uh, not am I saying busted coverage? Busted protection is what I'm meaning up front. So uh, anyways, that was kind of the uh, kind of the you can see his numbers there. Nine carries, 65 yards, eight for 13, 148, two, D, two TDs. He did have an interception. Uh, it was underthrown. It was a bad throw. Uh, you know, it looked like it slipped out of his hand. I can't really uh, tell for sure. Uh, d talk to us about. Yeah. And then we got this graphic here. He was been named the, the Campbell Award Player of the Week Honorable Mention uh, for one quarter of play. Yeah. For one quarter of play. Let me just go ahead and say this. Like you said, he was sitting. He was third string last Saturday. This this time, you know, last Saturday before the game, he was 
third string. Uh, and now he is uh, player of the week, honorable mention for one quarter. I am just, I am so pumped about Caden Salter. John, what else you got on this guy? You've been, you've been covering him for a little bit now. What else you got on him? How, how hyped are you about Caden Salter and the possibility at UAB this week? Man, I, I'm so pumped for Caden. Like, I, I can't. I, I'm a huge fanboy by heart. I, you know, I know I cover this team and try to be as impartial as I can, but I'm obviously a Liberty fan. And man, I'm a huge fan of his. Like, I just want to watch and see what he can do. And everybody listening and watching, go back and watch just the fourth quarter. If you only got 20 minutes, go back and watch just the fourth quarter. It's on ESPN Plus. You can go back and watch the game. Go back and watch the fourth quarter and just watch the kid perform. I mean, it's just amazing. And not to mention all the things that, that we're talking about, him being third string and stuff. But you mentioned that pass to Jerome Jackson. I mean, that it was, I think it was like second in like 19 or 17 or something like that. It was right after a holding penalty. And I don't even know how he got the ball in there. I mean, he just, it was such a small window. Coach Freeze said in his press conference, the window was the size of a, a little folding chair. Uh, that was there in the room and and he fit it right in there perfectly as two defenders were converging on the ball on on Jackson and you know as he's rolling out like you were saying and trying to make a, a play where he could have run for 10 yards and you know he hit Jackson perfectly then the pass for the two-point conversion in the fourth overtime which ended up being the game winner was another beautiful pass that he put in the back corner of the end zone but uh you know one thing about Caden uh, going forward and that we need to be remembered or remind ourselves. And, you know, same thing it happened against Southern Miss is, yes, the potential is, you know, limitless. You know, his ceiling is so high, uh, but he is still raw. He is still young. Uh, you know, he's likely going to be making his first career start on Saturday against a very good UAB team, a very good UAB defense. And he's going to make mistakes like it's, it's going to happen. Like you mentioned that interception. It was a bad pass. He should have ran the ball, tucked it and run for 10 or 15 yards, picked up the first down, keep the drive alive. But but, uh, you know, and, and the receiver to to his uh, defense, the receiver was wide open. Uh, he just he waited about a second too long to release it or to see him. And then he underthrew him by a good five to seven yards. And then, you know, there was some, you know, Coach Freeze talked about he, he missed some protection cover or calls. And, and a couple of times it was a busted play just from not knowing the, 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 uh, the play, the playbook, I guess. Uh, but, but that's part of being third, third, uh, third string. And so um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, what happens Saturday night with, with Caden Salter. John, a few more minutes here. We, you and I could probably go talk about this stuff all night. And uh, it's, it's so exciting. Uh, what do you want to get to here? What's what's the storyline or anything else? Or or you got you got one more t- room for one more question from me? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead with the right. question. You want to talk UAB? No, no, no. Uh, we got the victory blazer guys and we'll read your game preview uh, with all that coming up. Uh, here's my question. I ask you this every year about week one or two. We're sitting one and zero, and we just beat Southern Miss. We're getting ready to play UAB. Uh, can you? Does your mind even go back five years ago to where we were just like barely 
beating FCS teams, getting left out of the FCS. Like, like talk to me about the rise of this program just in five years. Can you still uh, – six years now. Take me back six years ago. Can, does your mind even go back there? Mine doesn't. Like, I, I still have – I have expectations now. I have something to cheer for now. I have a, a new standard, obviously. And I can't even go back to those days of sitting in an empty Williams Stadium watching us lose to Gardner-Webb on a blocked field goal or whatever it was. I just – I can't get back there in my mind. I want to know your opinion. That always always intrigues me. How how did we get here? Uh, is it still just amazing to you? What just talk to us about the rise of this program over the last couple of years? And what honestly, here here's the question: What has been the main contributing factor? Uh, uh, you know, who who has it been? What has it been? What is that one thing that's taken us to this level? Honestly, I don't want to go back there. Like, let's be honest. I, I wasn't making 11 hour drives to non-conference games in the first week of September when we were in the FCS. I just didn't do it. Um, you know, now, I mean, I did make some trips. I mean, I went to Stony Brook for a conference championship game at the end of the year and 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 other trips like that. I obviously followed the team in the FCS playoffs in 14. But, um, you, you know, it's, it's hard to really pinpoint one thing. Obviously, the commitment from the admin – uh, from the previous admin to the current admin university I'm talking about, not just uh, athletic department admin, uh, is obviously a huge contributing part. Uh, they have the resources. They have the facilities. Uh, they have the uh, the commitment is there. And then but, you know, you can have that. And I think Liberty had some of that back in the Big South days whether you're talking football, basketball, or whatever, uh, but that didn't always translate to success on the field or on the court. Uh, but it's changed over the last five years, and I th- I really think, and uh, I feel like we've talked about this before, but I really think it's a lot is to Ian McCall. I mean, I really think you know this is a guy who's one of the best athletic directors in the entire country, regardless of level, and he's at Liberty. He's been able to set out a, a plan, set out a mission. Uh, and a game plan for his department, and he's been able to execute on it from coaching hires and fires to just success in the classroom, success on the field court, uh, whatever it may be. And, um, you know, from football perspective specifically, uh, obviously Hugh Freeze is a, is a huge contributor to that. I mean, you know, if I, if I can go back to that first game when Liberty was playing Syracuse, uh, in 2019, the first game kind of as, as a full FBS member in bowl eligible that season. And, and it was Hugh Freeze's first game. Remember, he was up in the hospital bed in, in the top of the, uh, the press box. Uh, but I, I remember walking around just pregame that game and just thinking, you know, I really had a lot of butterflies going on and just chills uh, walking around and just thinking it was completely different. Like it was a completely different feel, something that we had never experienced before at Liberty, uh, just from the facilities, the uh, the game day atmosphere that that Ian and his staff had helped uh, build up. And then also the, um, uh, you know, the, just the the operation of the, the the football program. I mean, you walk around that that facility now for practice or whatever. I mean, it's a business. It's a, you know, this is a guy that came from the SEC and he knows what he's doing. He knows how to, you know, build out the administrative staff for the football offices, the recruiting staff, uh, the on-field staff, obviously the support staff, and, and he's done it and, and uh, you know, done it at a high level. So, you know, it, again, I didn't really answer your question. I gave you about five things as opposed to one, but it's hard. It's really hard to, to just pinpoint one thing, but, 
Um, you know, it's been a lot of fun to, to, to kind of watch this rise. And we've talked about it before. You've brought it up is, you know, there's very few people uh, outside of Liberty alums currently that are able to follow a program that that has this drastic of a rise right before our own eyes. I mean, I can remember several years ago walking around to going to Liberty football games and thinking, I think we can be FBS one day. I think we can be there one day. And, uh, you know, now we're here and, you know, we didn't like limp into the FBS. We've been, you know, won eight games in three straight years and been to a bowl game three straight years and, and obviously, you know, won a bowl game all three of those years and been ranked in the top 25 second year as a full FBS member. I mean, you know, some of the stuff that we're talking about, you know, we say it without even thinking and, and it's really like just just amazing and unheard of. I mean, it's unprecedented. It doesn't happen. You know, look at look at UMass. I mean, UMass was a storied football uh powerhouse, if you want to call it that, at the FCS level. They were competing for conference championships each and every year in the CAA, and they were competing on a national level. Well, now they're up in the FBS and have been like five or six years longer than Liberty has, and they have nothing to show for it. I don't think they've been to a bowl game. I mean, they, they win if they win one or two games a year, that's great. And I mean, look at UConn. That's another team that that's in a big media market. And I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, you know, there's some exception to it. And Appalachian State, Coast Carolina has seen some success. But but what Liberty has been able to do is is really unprecedented. You could go on and on. You did go on and on, but I love it. I'm sorry. Uh, all good, man. Hey, we're looking forward to the coverage this week. Uh, it's game week. Uh, first home game. Uh, Porter and I talked about it a little bit before you got on. We're doing the, the Sea of Red uh, tailgate. Uh, we'll be putting more stuff out about that this week. But uh, looking forward to seeing you guys there um, and, and your family there. And uh, it was a lot of fun last year. We'll do that again this year. So, John, we are going to preview the game with uh, the, the Victory Blazer podcast here. And I uh, appreciate you jumping on, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Go Flames. What is up, guys? Uh, we have with us the Victory Blazer podcast. This is John Duncan and Darian Smith. Thank you guys for joining uh, as you can see, we, uh, we love the Liberty flames. I, I believe, uh, well, let's just ask you guys, you guys are coming off of a, a big win in week one. What's the feeling down there with this fan base, high expectations? Uh, what, what, what are we expecting? We're still early in the season. Uh, John, we'll start with you. What is the most, uh, what are most fans for UAB? What are you guys mostly expecting this year? I mean, expectations are high from the UAB fan base. I mean, it's honestly Conference USA Championship or bust, and that's been the mentality uh, since, you know, this program returned back in 2017 under Bill Clark. Uh, but, you know, this is the first year without Bill Clark. As a interim head coach, uh, Bryant Benson has taken over this program and, you know, trying to take us back to another Conference USA Championship. So uh, we're excited. Um, and it's kind of odd. You know, we were talking with John uh, Manson on our podcast uh Yesterday, it's, you know, with us, with UAB transitioning to the AAC and then Liberty transitioning to Conference USA, um, it, it feels like both programs are on the rise, um, you know, in the G5. So exciting things uh, for both uh, programs, I think. Darian, what is it about? Uh, first of all, I, I was in Vegas through, uh, a couple weeks ago and I took the over eight and a half wins for UAB. I think you guys. 
Uh, definitely win nine games this year. What are what are yeah. what is your outlook on the season? I know you guys have high expectations, but just you know, how much did how much did losing Coach Clark affect that win total and uh, the expectations for the fans? And and do you think that eight and a half is a good a good win a, a good win total? I think eight and a half is money. I think that's easy money. Um, I don't think losing Coach Clark. Um, I don't think it affected the win total at all because Coach Clark was there. He he laid the foundation. Coach Clark, let's be clear, he was the only guy I believe in the freaking world that could have led us to where he led us to in the short amount of time. And all the things that we were up against, Coach Clark was the guy for the job. But um, with Coach Vincent now being there, his, he has implemented, he has imposed his style um, of how he wants to coach. And the atmosphere is great around the team. Everybody wants to be there. There's so much energy, so much jubilance. Um, the guys really play hard for Coach Vincent. They love him. So it, 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 I, don't, I, I think Coach Clark did a great job of establishing culture. That is what we needed at the time. We needed traditions. We needed culture. And he put everything in place, and he set up a good friend. Coach Vincent and him are good friends. He set up his friends to – to be successful for a long time, I believe. So Coach Vincent is the right guy for the job. He's the right voice and the right personality for the team. John, uh, this one's for you. Did you get a chance to watch Liberty's game? And if not, have, what, um, have you seen the highlights? And the question is, what did you think about Caden Salter? I heard you, I know you heard me and John ranting about him a little bit there. Uh, brings a dynamic that maybe you guys might not have been uh, expecting. Uh, what is uh, what is the Blazer Victory podcast um, take on Caden Salter? He's good. I mean, yeah, and I did get to catch uh, that whole game. Uh, well, most of it I rewatched it. Uh, you know, him coming in in the fourth quarter really give a spark to that Liberty offense. You know, Bennett was not doing so well. I mean, he wasn't doing terribly, but he really wasn't doing well. And then Salter, you know, comes off the bench and just – Lights a spark, and, I mean, he is very elusive. UAB is going to have to try to contain him. I felt that Southern Miss did a terrible job trying to contain him. Once he got outside the pocket, he pretty much went wherever he wanted to go and threw wherever he wanted to go. Um, and now, re-watching that game, I can't imagine how, you know, Chad, you and John and the guys were <laughs> watching that game because that was a roller coaster of a game. It was really like both teams trying to fill each other out. It was the first game of the season. Um, but I don't know, like Salter is so good, but now that UAB has a quarter of film on him, I mean, now that Salter has film on him for other teams to look at, I'm highly, you know, I just can't wait to see what happens Saturday night and see if can Salter continue that. Can he be the next Malik Willis? Maybe <laughs> I know Liberty fans are hoping, and I did get to catch uh, some of uh, John's uh, rant about Salter. Um, so. I mean, I'm excited to see him. I hate that uh, we're not going to – Darian and I aren't going to be able to make it up to Lynchburg, um, but I know some UAB fans are, that are making the trip up. Um, so we're just anticipating a really good ball game come Saturday night. And I hate that the game is going to be on ESPN Plus because I do think that this does, you know, deserve some national uh, attention for both of these programs that are both on the rise. 
Hey, that's a good point, man. Hey, flash that comment back up there. We got Nick, the producer. He is uh, always just throwing us up. Look at this hot take. K-Salt will be better than Malik. Oh, my word. Hey, right. hey, hey, hey. Uh, yeah, hey slow okay. down. Hey, if, if you're a Liberty whoa, fan, you, you, you got to see whoa. some more before you say that, okay? I mean, I know he's good. He looked good against Southern Miss, but let's see how he looks Saturday night and then the next couple weeks. But, hey, the guy's talented for sure, but he, he's not at Malik Willis's level yet. <laughs> oh, not yet. Right. I, I'm riding such a K-Salt high that I just need to go ahead and ask Darian my next question before, before I make any crazy comments. Uh, so, Darian, talk to me about your team this year. Uh, I, I didn't. I watched a little bit, but you guys had a blowout win in Week One. What is the, what is the, what is it? Who are the guys on offense that we need to keep our eye on? I'm sure it starts with the quarterback, but who is the one or two guys that, when every snap comes, we need to be watching where this guy is because he's such a difference maker. Well, everybody's gonna know Debo, our running back, Dwayne McBride. He was he didn't play against. Alabama and A&M, and he would have had fresh legs anyway. I mean, let's let's face it. The game was over in the first quarter, you know. But we have two dynamic running backs in uh, Dwayne McBride and Skull Brown. Uh, they both are very dynamic. Um, our our receiver Trey Shopshire, he got he got injured on the first drive of the A&M game. Um, so we expect him to be back. He's the guy that can really take the top off the defense. Um, he will. He's our Demario Douglas. He's the guy that you want to watch out for. You're going to make sure, hey, let's have two guys over the top because he can make plays. But this is probably the deepest receiver room, deepest receiver room we've had in a long time. But they're unproven, you know. So, but we have a lot of playmakers, and they and these guys was picking up yards after catch against Alabama A and M. But we kind of leave the game with more questions than answers, kind of like you guys did, like you know. So this is going to be the the litmus test for both of us. Um, I think our defense as a whole, this is probably the fastest defense I've seen um, UAB have. We have some dogs at linebacker. We have um, the deepest, by far the deepest cornerback and safety room that we've ever had. So I'm looking forward to seeing how we contain Salter. I didn't see him make a play in the pocket. Maybe maybe you guys can, I rewatched it. He got once he got out of the pocket, he'll make you hold your breath. I'm like, oh my God, what is he gonna do now? So I really want to see our D line and our linebackers really, hey, you're gonna have to win, win in his state discipline and make throws in the pocket. He's young. I wanna I wanna see him progress through through uh go through his progressions with his receivers and I wanna see him make throws. I want I want him to beat us. Like Malik Willis could do that. Malik Willis could also run you over and break tackles. Malik Willis' whole draft highlight was against us last year. Okay. Yeah. So so we know he's not Malik Willis. Let's start there. <laughs> he's too young. He has a lot. He has a, a bright future ahead of him. But now we got some film on him. Now we know we need to contain. Make him throw the ball. That's what I want to see happen. Wow. Yeah. Uh, hey, look. He's still he he's the baby goat. He is uh he's the baby Malik. <laughs> I, I believe I believe. Hey, uh, John, question for you. Something I'm always interested in. Yeah, go get your T-shirt there to see if red.com. Thanks, Nick, producer, for that. Uh, John, I'm always interested with these G5 games. What what type of transfers 
does UAB have? I mean, it's always – I mean, Southern Miss had eight SEC transfers on their defense last week, and it showed. Like, those guys were talented. Um, you know, they, they, they were they were good ball players. Talk to me about UAB's transfers, uh, maybe one or two names to keep an eye on that have maybe come from the P5 uh, SEC type area. I mean, Darren, Darren can correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, you know, we certainly UAB certainly gets transfers, um, but really, I mean, UAB has really, you know, prided itself in developing players. And you know, of course, there are some guys you know that come from JUCO into UAB, you know, just like Darian did. Um, but as far as like just taking transfers in and out, UAB really doesn't do that a whole lot. You know, UAB has always since the return. Um, well, of course, you know, 2017, they took all the transfers. You know, that was a return of the football program. But the last couple of years, I mean, there haven't been a whole lot of transfers into the program. You know, UAB has really prided itself on getting those diamonds in a rough recruits and developing them and uh, getting them ready. Um, now, Liberty fans can expect to uh, see some guys that they didn't see last year. I mean, you know, you look like a guy like Fred Farrier, um, a wide receiver. You, you know, I mean, there's a bunch of different guys that they'll see that they didn't see last year. Um, but that's really a tough question. Darian, am I missing something? But I feel like UAB as a whole has always just kind of developed. They don't really take a whole lot of transfers into the program. Yeah, we're one of those programs, um, kind of like a Appalachian State, to where we prided on ourselves on developing guys, getting them in, registering them. And they, they probably won't play into their – you know, red shirt sophomore year. We're we're that type of uh, program, but we we do have a couple of transfers. Um, we have um, Jackson Bratton. He he was a transfer from um, Alabama. Mm-hmm. He plays linebacker. He has a lot. He has great speed on him. Number six. He's in the two deep rotation at at, uh, at middle linebacker. They're a very good player. Um, highly recruited out of high school. Um, we have Tyler Taylor. He's been with the program, so he's really a UAB Blazer, but he, he came originally from LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, Kadeem Telford, our left tackle, he's originally from Florida. I almost forgot that he played at University of Florida because he's been with the program two or three years but now. Um, other than that, like most of most of our guys that we have here, they're homegrown. They're, they, they've been developed by us. They've been here forever. Even if they haven't played, you know, they've been here forever, especially with the COVID year thing. Uh, we got old, young guys. Like, you know, so, uh, yeah, so we, uh, we, we, we keep them here and we develop them and we get them ready to play. And then two guys real quick, though, you know, you look at uh, the backup quarterback, Jacob Zeno, coming in from Baylor. So that's a really key power five transfer. I don't know how that slipped my mind. And then, of course, you look at T.J. Jones, wide receiver coming from uh, Penn State. Um, so there are some guys, but. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it creates a good culture and his fans. I, I love that whenever it's like a homegrown feeling kind of guy, too. So uh, it kind of gets a little bit more fan engagement there. Darren, you've already talked to us about containing K-Salt. Uh, what is what is not necessarily geared towards Liberty. I know you did watch the replay, but what are, you know, what are a couple of things that, that UAB has to do well, better than last year when they played Liberty, better than they played, showed week one. Uh, what are some just like of the keys that the UAB has to do well, if they want to come as a six and a half point favorite up into Lynchburg and, and one win the game and two cover that spread. What are the two, what are some of the, things they need to do uh and 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 kind of show you guys if you watch and you're like yeah we're doing this this means a uab win well first thing first um brian vincent 
He needs to get in contact with the Tennessee Titans, make sure Malik Willis has signed that contract, <laughs> and then make sure he's not walking on the field. So that that is the major guy, and he gives he still gives me nightmares. I didn't play, so um, and then but but honestly, the key number one, like you said, uh, K Salt, as y'all have named him, I like it. I like that nickname. Um, he's the he's the key in containing him. Of course, um, we've talked about that already, but do not do not let him outside of the pocket because that's, that is where he makes his plays. He can run, he can throw it. Um, I think we have to be aware of Demario Douglas. He's a dynamic receiver. Um, um, the other guys seem, un, I don't know, we just don't know much about the other guys, um, but he stood out in a major way. I think we have to impose our run game. Um, from what I saw on film, Southern Miss was pretty much one-dimensional, especially when the quarterback went down. And they Liberty still wasn't able to really stop him, contain Frank Gore. I felt like whenever he got one-on-one with the linebackers, he was able to make plays happen. And um, he was able to break tackles. And, and Southern Miss is a much, much improved team, especially on the offensive line. But we probably have arguably the, the best offensive line in conference. And uh, they're all experienced. And they, they are very physical. And um, I think we should. I think for in order for us to win, we have to impose our run game. We have to let Debo run wild. We have to get score. We have to then we have to take the. We have an experienced quarterback he, that can take the top off with uh, Trey Shropshire, and we have receivers that are good in open field. So I really want to get those one on one matchups. I want I want them. Uh, I want to force Liberty to try to crowd that box to try to max our, match our physicality. I do not want to get into a a passing game shootout. That's not what I want to do because it's not that we can't do it. It's that I feel like it plays into you guys' strengths. I, I I came I came away from the game impressed with you defensive back with uh the defensive backfield for Liberty. They make plays. Um and I think I think you guys have a very good pass rushing unit. From what I saw, I don't know how they are against the run. I didn't I wasn't impressed with that part, but I was impressed on third and long, I felt like you guys have some twitchy guys on the outside and um, a lot of speed rushes. And so I'm like, no, we need to make this more of a brawl. You know, mm-hmm. don't, we need to, we need to, you know, kind of like those big 10 Iowa teams, yes. like not, not, not a seven to three type of win. Oh, you know? that was ugly. That sounds <laughs> no, cool. oh, that was ugly. Nothing ugly like that, but as far as imposing our will and what we want to do in the run game and being physical, I think that'll be the key. And just getting one-on-ones with the running backs and one-on-ones with our receivers um, and forcing you guys to match what we want to do. I think that's important. And real yeah, quick, Chad, I mean, I thought that was what Liberty did a great job with last year was stopping the run the run game from UAB and forcing UAB to chunk it downfield. And obviously that didn't work out last year, you know, with 36 to 12. So, that is definitely, I agree with Darren. That's going to be the key is if UAB is, if, if UAB is able to establish the run and get it going early on, it very well could be a long day for Liberty. Yeah. Just promise us no more super cat. That was not fun to watch last week or super, whatever they called it. It was wing uh, or whatever they were back. running. Yeah. That was super weird. Back. No, <laughs> super back dude. That guy was uh, Frank Gore jr. I, I, every time he took a snap, I thought he's going to gash us for eight gashes for eight. He was a phenomenal player, and uh, I hated every second of watching the the Superback uh, Wildcat. 
So while we're here, you said you thought that he was going to gas you for a. What was your opinion? Why did you think he was able? Was it something that you guys weren't expecting? Because I saw from my eyes, and my eyes could be tinted with greed and gold, but I saw guys missing tackles. Yeah, I'm, I would say it started with, I mean, it started with the linebackers. I thought that our line got good push. Our lines got hands on him. But once your line, once your linemen get hands on him, I think that our linebackers were uh, out of position a couple of times. You know, there are a bunch of new starters. And then, like you said, they linebackers weren't making, uh, weren't, they had a lot of missed tackles. So, um, you know, we had Story Jackson last year. He, he led the FCS in tackles and then transferred to Liberty and then went over and, uh, was an undrafted free agent for the Cowboys. I think he just got picked up on a practice squad, but man, he was a tackling machine. So all our D linemen really had to do was just get a hand on and stop some momentum. And then he would come in and clean it up. No problem. I didn't see that very much in week one. And Gore is just a really good running back. And when they kind of just stacked it up like that, and just like, we're going to run on you. I I felt like that we were like, kind of panicked a little bit because like you said i agree totally man we want to turn this into a run and gun we want to put up 14 quick points to make sure that your running backs are kind of stifled and and that you guys feel like you have to throw the ball so uh that first quarter is going to be real important with with scoring on the first couple possessions. i know people say that all the time and it's so stupid but in this game it's really true we have to make you guys pass the ball we can't we can't let you guys get up and and because i was nervous like last like last week i felt like we were gonna get gashed for eight every time gore it took the the super back position. All right, uh, la- last one here is uh, about Conference USA, and I know you guys are headed to, I believe, the Sun Belt. Talk oh, to whoa, 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 no, whoa, 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 no, no, the AAC man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, headed- no disrespect. No disrespect to the Sun Belt. No. Uh, yeah, no, no. They they will have what I believe will be the top football conference for a few years. Now it's going to take the AAC and the Conference USA some time. Um, you know, Conference USA kind of uh, how do you, how do you put this? had a wake-up call that's what i'll say they'll had a wake-up call you know whenever realignment came they found themselves at the bottom they found themselves uh, in a desperate mode they added some schools uh and and you know getting liberty in my opinion i'm a liberty fan obviously but getting liberty with our resources our recent success with hugh freeze richie mckay coaching the basketball team i feel like that getting liberty was a big win for conference usa and there was a lot of conferences didn't want us for multiple reasons but you know, where does Conference USA go from here? Do you guys, are you guys on the bandwagon that has completely lost faith in the, faith in the conference? It, let's say we, well, let's say we get a TV deal and it has ESPN and another streaming service and it's a much better deal than what they have now um, with the new schools, with Liberty being added. Uh, tell me, are you guys completely out of it on this Conference USA or are we going into a complete mess and it's just never going to be fun for us? Or can you see a little bit of hope? Do you, do you feel like that the Conference USA may have learned their lesson and with the media rights that they're doing, uh, the schools they've added, the humble pie that they just ate in front of all the national media? Uh, we'll start with you, John, and then get your thoughts on, on Conference USA and our, our future there, uh, Darian, as well. I mean, Chad, you said it best. I mean, if you go back a couple years ago when they're, you know, when, they were exploring adding Liberty to the conference. They very well should have added Liberty a couple years ago to Conference USA. And I think that, you know, that was one of the mistakes, one of many that uh, Judy McLeod and leadership of Conference USA have um, made over these last few years. Uh, but the biggest one was the TV, the, the media rights deal. And 
I, I mean, I, I see where Judy was wanting to go. They were wanting to kind of think outside the box and go with Stadium and get these streaming services and Facebook Live. But let, let's be real, guys. Nobody wants to watch a game on Facebook or on MySpace or wherever, you know, that they, these games are being played on. Um, people want linear packages or even, you know, ESPN Plus, something like that. I, I think Conference USA is very salvageable. And I think adding liberty to the conference can help increase that um, exposure for the next media rights deal. Um, you look at basketball for Liberty. You know, you, you mentioned earlier, Chad, you know, Liberty has a really good basketball program coming out of the, was it the A-Sun that y'all played? Is that right? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I taking a step up to Conference USA where, you know, you've got Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee, really good basketball programs. You've got some good football programs. Western Kentucky has a good football program. But as we as I was as we were saying on our show when John came on uh, the Blazer Victory podcast that John Manson did, and I communicated with him, I think Liberty is going to come in and dominate Conference USA. You look at just the budget of Liberty Athletics compared to some of these other Conference USA schools. Liberty will be able to contribute or will come in right away next year and compete for championships right away. You know, you bring in New Mexico State, Sam Houston State, Jacksonville State. I mean, you still got Utah, Western Kentucky, FIU, and all that. I mean, Liberty can come in and just right away start competing for championships. And John mentioned this on our podcast. You look at the CFP expanding to 12 teams in a couple of years, and you got the top six conference champions get that automatic, you know, birth into the playoff. Who's to say that? Five years from now, that's always going to be the AAC or, as you think, Sunbelt, you know, Conference USA. The fact that Liberty is able to finally join a conference is going to be able to catapult this program. Just take the next step up, you know. So for UAB, for us, it's another step forward for our program going into the AAC, you know, where we're going to be able to make a lot more money right away um, in this league as opposed to what we, you know, been making in Conference USA. But I mean, I, I don't think Conference USA is uh, just dead in the water. It is a sinking ship right now, but if you get Liberty on board next year and maybe some of those teams transitioning from the FCS, like Jacksonville State, maybe they can make some noise right away. Yeah, isn't um, James Madison a part of the CUSA expansion now? No, they're in the Sun Belt. Yeah. Oh, well, never, never mind. I was about to give you some points <laughs> with, with that one. Uh, <laughs> they look pretty scary. But um, if a cat has nine lives, CUSA has already used eight. <laughs> I think I think this is the last chance. Um, if you take a look back in history at the teams that the CUSA had, all of those teams that have moved on and that that that's doing well, the UCLs, the Cincinnatis, all they all were part of CUSA. Yeah. And um, so what the the young people refer to as fumbling the bag, that is what. CUSA has done. They have fumbled the bag over the years. We had we had so many teams. We had Houston. I played against a lot of those teams. Um, we had UCL, Cincinnati. Like we couldn't find a way to keep them. Um, you couldn't. We couldn't give proper um, get get good TV deals. We made bad moves. We weren't a step ahead in the CUSA. Like we, the writing was beginning to uh, be on the wall, but it was always reactive. Nothing never n never proactive about anything. Right. So um I I don't know, man. I 
I, I, I want to say it's hope because Liberty is a great program. I love um, Western Kentucky. They're always uh, – I think you guys will be have a blood and rivalry there because they, they're a great program. Um, yeah, I mean, middle, yeah, you know, tech, la tech, yeah. You know, they, they, they all they, – they have their moments in the sun. They, they, they kind of tend to come and go. Um, UTEP has seem, seemingly been on the rise. I think there's a there's a sliver of hope, and um, I think Jacksonville State is a great program. Um, mm-hmm. I think they'll come in. I think that um, they've been very consistent. So I think there's something to work with, but they cannot afford to get it wrong this time again. We got how many? I, I just it's so frustrating when you think about it, man. Is I get passionate because it's like. How do you let all of these good teams go? Yeah, and you you weren't proactive, and now they're all flourishing, living life. They, it's like everybody off went off and got husbands. Like they, <laughs> they, they went and, and then it's like we're looking back and we're kind of mm-hmm. sitting back with a six pack, wondering what could have been. You yeah. know, like you know, so it's like um. Liberty is going to have to use this as a stepping stone. Like, get ahead, get, get in Conference USA, dominate for a couple years, and then, and then maybe the AAC will drop Charlotte or something and say, "All right, Liberty, come on, come on up with UAB or something." Like that. All right, so so two glimmers of hope. You guys hit on one, and that is the twelve team playoff. Uh, you know, honestly, it's it's national ranked, the highest ranking by the the board or whatever conference champion it's six conference champions i went back and looked over the last 10 years or eight years or something like that um eight years over the last eight years five of those teams would have been houston ucf Mm -hmm. twice memphis and there was one other but all of those teams have moved on so that pretty much is wide open right now i mean it's wide open i know that it's in terms of history and what what could have happened um five of those teams have moved up to the power five, so they won't be in a G5 eligible spot. So I think the door is open right now. Uh, you know, obviously the Sun Belt and the AAC have a much further, uh, they're, they're much further advanced, but that's the number one thing. The number two thing is the media deal, right? And and I know that, um, I know that that's coming out later this fall. I expect, uh, I expect uh, universities media deals to, uh, to payouts to double from what they were, from what you guys are getting right now, I expect that to double um, just from, from what I'm hearing and seeing um, a lot of that has to do with the basketball. Uh, so when the big 10 dropped uh, ESPN and went to Fox, that's a huge college basketball void that ESPN has to fill. And you look at G five conferences, conference USA is going to be in the top uh, seven, top eight conference RPI uh, for, for basketball. So I think that, Football is king and it always has been and media rights have always been done on football. But I think in this one case where Big Ten has dropped, Conference USA has really bolstered its RPI and basketball that could could do well for us. Hey, that was really interesting getting y'all's take on that. I know you guys have been around CUSA for a long time. I figured you'd be pretty jaded, uh, but but it's always good to hear that. And good luck in the AAC. Um, Hey, guys, victory blazer that backwards i'm sorry blazer victory podcast i listened to you guys last year several episodes especially leading up to liberty been doing it for a long time been doing a great great job uh yeah tell us where we can find you on twitter and uh when do you recently release your shows have you already released your liberty preview where can we find that and all that kind of thing 
Yeah, so Blazer Victory Podcast, you can find us on Twitter at BlazerPod. And we have released our Liberty preview, including interview with uh, John Manson, uh, that Liberty fans can definitely, we encourage you to check out. Now, if you want to skip our UAB talk, uh, John comes on about the 30-minute mark in the episode. But you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, YouTube, everywhere, you know, where you guys are. So definitely encourage uh, Liberty fans to give us a listen and just, you know, hear from the other side, hear what UAB uh, folks are saying. Uh, Darian, any final thoughts here? I'm curious to, to hear what's your prediction on this game? Oh, man, I haven't made a prediction on this game yet. I did say earlier in the year that I thought that we would be an underdog. Uh, one, for the revenge factor. Two, because I think y'all are uh, y'all are one of the deepest teams that we'll play, uh, one of the, and uh, one of the most talented. Again, I took the over eight and a half wins. Uh, recently, especially after week one, um, and we lost Charlie Brewer, I'm still feeling like we might be an underdog. Uh, however, I do think losing Clark and not having a head coach with any experience when, so, so here's, here's how I always judge a team. Two things. One head coach who has the best head coach. In my opinion, I think Hugh freeze is, is proven, uh, and, and it, Clark was right up there. I, I loved what he did for that program. And you, you guys hit it on earlier. So you got to give the, the lean for head coach to freeze and then to starting quarterback K salt. I mean, if you believe in K salt, then you think, oh, had, then you had, if you believe in K salt, then you think we have a chance. Uh, so I would say the six and a half point line is very uh, heavy. I would take Liberty plus six and a half. Um, but my prediction, oh, man, it's hard for me to pick against Liberty. And you guys are putting me on the spot right here in front of all these viewers. Uh, UAB is a great team. I'm looking forward to a good matchup. And it all depends on K-Salt. Was the fourth quarter a fluke or is he ba- the baby goat? I don't know. We'll find out on Saturday. This is like the Jeremy Lin, you know, when Lin Sanity That's exactly what it is. That's exactly yeah. what it is. All but right. I, so I, he, he does make me scared. And um, I, I do. I, I am curious to see how we can say him. Yeah. Uh, talking about predictions. Uh, this is my favorite segment. Guys, thank you so much for joining. Uh, it, was, it was awesome having you on. We'll have you on again sometime down the road. Uh, guys, stay around and listen to this eight-minute segment by my guy, Richie Longshots. He is going to predict the game right now, and uh, he, he typically comes with some pretty good stuff. So uh, let's hit it. This is Richie Longshots with the week two edition of the Liberty Line. And what a great week one it was. It started Thursday night with great finishes in the Pitt-West Virginia game. That spilled over to Penn State-Purdue. Went through Friday. We had great games on Saturday. And we capped off Sunday night with a wild finish down in New Orleans with FSU and LSU. And yes... Uh, I'm recording this on Monday night before the Clemson-Georgia Tech game, but I'm not expecting too many fireworks with that one. Clemson probably going to roll. But on top of all of the craziness this week, one thing and one thing is important, and that is the fact that the Liberty 
Flames are 1-0. It wasn't pretty. We didn't cover the spread, and it was not the game that any of us were expecting. But at the end of the day, the Flames got the dub, and we had a little bit of success on the gambling front. And after a abysmal 0-3 week, I bounced back to record a 3-2 week profit. We are in the black. We're making a little bit of green. Not a ton of green. I started 3-0. I thought there was a chance we could route, but I still ended up 3-2, making a little bit of money. Not life-changing money, but enough to take your girl out for a nice little uh, deserted sweet frog. And I uh, hope you're back in time for curfew. Now, we are on to week two. We're going to keep the mojo going. But this is the week where there are a ton of questions. A ton of questions, especially on the front of Liberty football. And obviously, we're going to bet the game this weekend. There are a ton of questions. Can the defense repeat and have another four turnovers? Who is going to be the starting quarterback? What is going to happen? Special teams, you know, yes, big field goal in overtime, but opportunities before that were missed. Another question, do they make the food at the rot better on Seafall weekend and convince the kids to go? I'm just getting started. And we are currently uh, looking at a spread of UAB minus six and a half. So Vegas is saying that they think that it is going to be a one score game with UAB taking home the victory. Now, this line opened up at four and a half and right away moved to six and a half. And my guess is that word got out. Charlie Brewer is out for a couple months and Vegas is just responding to that line, responding to the question marks at quarterback. The over under of this game is 52 and a half and UAB is coming off a throttling of AAMU. Alabama A&M University, I think. They won the game 59 to nothing, covering that spread of 40 and a half. Uh, so they're coming in. Yes, that competition obviously isn't anywhere near what it is with the Liberty Flames, but still nonetheless a very impressive performance. UAB coming on the road. Last year, this UAB team was 5-1 and one on the road against the spread. So that's a very interesting fact. You also uh, have to acknowledge that Liberty is a home dog. Home dogs are always a great value pick in college football. They say hungry, hungry dogs run faster, and that is a fact. Now, I kind of like the under in this game. I think Liberty is going to have a, another good defensive showing. UAB did not uh, face a good defense, and yeah, they were able to score 59 points. I'm sure Liberty probably would have hung 40 or so if they played Alabama AMU. So I think that this pick is going to be dependent on who starts at quarterback. So I'm going to put a little caveat to this. If Caden Salter, shake it like a salt shaker, baby, is starting at quarterback, I will absolutely take the Flames plus six and a half maybe even a sprinkle uh sprinkle the money line if you're feeling a little froggy let me pull up what that is now uh plus 215 so you're gonna get two almost a little more than two times your money back if you bet the flames uh money line now this is a situation where look around that that number six and a half is very close to seven which is obviously a, a big time football number so look at different books shop lines and see where uh, you can get it. Me personally, I'm going to wait. If I can find seven, I'm going to jump on that. So that way, if the game does end 
with a touchdown, then you are still going to at least push. So similar to that, uh, the West Virginia pick game, I had West Virginia plus seven and a half. They lost by seven, and I won with the half of a point. So right now, assuming Caden Salter starts, it's salt season. Assuming he starts, I am going to go with Liberty plus six and a half. So if you're looking to make a little bit of money on some other games this week, I'm going to rapid fire, give you four other games that I like, and I'm going to do it rapid fire because Chad told me I got to keep this under seven minutes. So here we go. First game I like is Wake minus seven against Vanderbilt. I wasn't sure how Wake was going to respond with the new quarterback, but they looked awesome. Yes, Vandy's coming off a big win, but Hawaii looked terrible. I believe in Wake. I've been a fan of Wake all season. Excited to see them. Uh, next Saturday, we'll be live in attendance, but I think Wake gets the job done against Vandy on the road. Next up, Florida, UK. These are two great quarterbacks, Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, the former AR-15. That game is going to be absolutely electric. Points, points, points. It's going to look like a Big 12 game out there. No one is going to be playing defense, and I, for one, uh, let it, it's one of those games, bet the over, watch have fun, let loose a little bit. Next up, I like the Alabama team total over. I don't know what it is. I don't care what it is. I just know that Coach Saban is going to beat Sark like a drum. It could get ugly. They want to welcome them, uh, an early welcome to them coming into the SEC. Again, I don't care what the total is. They just scored 55 points against a, a, a decent Utah State team. They are going to just roll Texas. And Texas could keep it close. Absolutely. I do love Quinn Ewers. I do love uh, the running back Bijan. So I, I'm not touching the spread. A lot of points. I just think Alabama scores a boat ton of points. Next up, Iowa State money line against Iowa. A little rivalry week two. Iowa was terrible last week. They scored seven points, two safeties and a field goal. Their defense scored more points than their offense, their special teams more scored more points than their offense, and that that entire Iowa offense was just ugly. And I'm talking Liberty University parking situation in 2010, ugly. No sign of getting better, and I just believe that Iowa State is a frisky team rivalry game. They're going to get up for it. I'm shocked that uh, Iowa's three and a half point favorites. I think Iowa State outright. Give me money line or give me death. All right, rapid fire. Next game. Is that all the games? Yeah, that's all the games I like. So those four games plus Liberty uh, catching six and a half. I think that we can build on this past week three and two. Maybe next week try to go four and one, but really above 55% to the goal. If I could go three and two every week, I will have considered this an incredible college football season. So we're moving in the right direction. I'm feeling good. Next week, I am going to be live, live with Chad next Tuesday night, live and in person. And I haven't been this excited for pretty much anything since the Duggars came to Convo because one of my dorm mates said that he could get one of the Duggar daughter's number. I bet him $20, easiest bet I ever made in my life. But Week two, five winners. I'm hoping they're five winners. We're going to be live next week. I'm going to be live at Wake Forest. Good luck. And more importantly, go Flames.
Whew, man, it's always like I hold my breath for eight and a half minutes when I don't preview that segment. And uh, so let me answer a few questions. Yes, they do put, put better food in the rot on Seafall weekend. Um, yes, the parking was horrible in 2010. And uh, Duggar girls getting their numbers. Are you serious? They were snuck in the back of the Vine Center and snuck out faster than, than Combo let out. Uh, so um and <laughs> uh long shots i hope you go five and oh this weekend and i like that you're taking i mean it does depend on case salt uh whether or not we can cover that six and a half uh free set in his post game he's the reason they won the game at southern miss can he be the reason we cover the spread this week i don't know we'll see uh check out the new sea of red 10-year logo up there that is pretty sweet uh 10 years we're celebrating 10% off of all NIL shirts. Again, we have the DeMario Douglas jersey. Uh, we have the um, Caden Salter jersey you can see right there on the screen. Let's get an example of a non-NIL shirt. These are $10 off. $10 off, $16 or so, $15 maybe. And uh, this is a We Got Dudes. We're getting ready to put up this indigo color. Uh, so Never, never sold before on the website uh, for 16 bucks. You can't beat it. Get some good gear. It has the official markings. So this is what uh, Scott Jackson has. But you can see that a sea of red is licensed uh, to be able to sell official word marks and stuff. So that is the official Liberty logo there. With that, been a great show. We've been in almost an hour and a half and uh, had a lot of fun doing it. Huge shout out to uh, our producer, Nick Kirby, for uh, always keeping the show uh, going and taking it to the next level. It's been a lot of fun, Nick. I really appreciate you. Looking forward to hearing from Nick um, this upcoming basketball season. He's going to do pretty much the same format in terms of uh, guests and hanging out and covering the basketball team. So looking forward to him doing that this year. And uh, thanks for all he does. Again, shout out John Manson for uh, 10 years at a Sea of Red. It's been awesome. Made Made being a Liberty fan cool again and fun again so i always appreciate him with that we will uh we'll sign off until next time go flames